Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts to stream your content, we appreciate you joining us as always. My name is Nate Bucati and I'm with you solo this week. But I'm not alone. We're going to actually have a very, very busy show today. We're going to do something that I'm pretty excited about coming up in the next segment. And it's basically like a simulcast on the podcast side of things uh, where we're going to have a conversation with the guys from Talk Timbers out in Portland. Judah Newby, who hosts the show, and Jake Zivin, longtime play-by-play announcer for the Portland Timbers, who is now one of the, if not the top uh play-by-play announcers for this new MLS on Apple TV uh, deal. If you're watching the games, you see him and and Taylor Twelman on pretty much the big game of the week. Every week they were on the call of the Sporting Kansas City-St. Louis game last weekend, but Jake obviously knows Portland incredibly well with his past with the Portland Timbers. So we're going to have a conversation basically about both teams. I think Jake and I will maybe share some observations we've had from our new ventures in this broadcast rights deal, me doing games on Fox and sometimes on Apple and Jake traveling all over the place with Apple as well. And then we'll just get into the sporting Kansas city and Portland Timbers sides of things and, and, and compare notes and see what uh, kind of match we're looking at this coming weekend at two o'clock on Sunday at children's mercy park when sporting hosts the Portland Timbers. That game on Fox, also right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB, and also on Apple TV as well. We're also going to talk with Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper Kendall McIntosh. Thought it would be a good time to catch up with him because he's got a lot of connections to the team that Sporting played last weekend and, of course, the team they've got coming up this weekend in Portland. Last weekend, after that tough loss against St. Louis, you might have seen some pictures of Bradley Carnell, the head coach of St. Louis City, hugging and conversing with Kendall McIntosh. They were together at New York Red Bulls, and I think that you'll be interested to hear what he has to say about his time with Bradley Carnell. And then, of course, uh, the start of Kendall's MLS career. He spent three years in Portland, never got into an MLS match during his time there, but certainly spent three years there, so has a lot of history with the upcoming opponent for Sporting KC as well. So a lot to talk about with Kendall McIntosh on the show also. So we've got a busy show for you today. Um, there's a lot to get to when it comes to Sporting Kansas City. Of course, coming off of what was a, a rough, rough loss in the first ever rivalry matchup between Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis City SC. St. Louis City 4, Sporting Kansas City nil. This is a tough one to take for Sporting KC on a few different levels. Number one, before we even get into the rivalry, I think the fact that they were starting to play better soccer. Three matches in a row of good soccer, in fact, and positive results for Sporting KC. The win at Seattle, the big win at home against Minnesota, then earning a draw at what most people would agree is the best team in Major League Soccer right now in LAFC. 
So you're, you're building some momentum. You feel like you've turned a corner. Things are going in the right direction. And then all of a sudden, you go to St. Louis and you get stomped, at least on the score sheet, by a score of 4 nothing. I think that right there is something that Sporting has got to bounce back from and prove that that wasn't just a little blip in the schedule or in the season where they had a, a good run of games for three games. they got to show that, no, we are the team that went out there in those three games and got results. We are not the team that got beat by St. Louis the way that we did this past weekend. So that was tough, I think, for Sporting KC. I think also just the fact that it was the first game in the rivalry matchup, uh, you know, makes that a tough one because you never get that one back. Uh, we could talk about the game itself. And look, I've been at Children's Mercy Park, or, or I should say at Compass Minerals training facility this week, talked to Graham Zussi for a little while, and I thought he said it perfectly when he said, look, there's a list of excuses we could give, but we're not going to get into those things. We were not up for it in this game the way we needed to be. And I think that's right. I, I try to be as objective as I possibly can watching that game. I thought the referee had a very difficult game or, 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 or just did not have a good game. Um, I thought he missed a lot of calls. I thought the way the match was called also played drastically into the favor of the way St. Louis wanted the game to be played and not necessarily the way that Sporting wanted the game to be played. I also think the schedule did not do Sporting any favors whatsoever. They looked to me like a team that had just played a hard-fought game a few days earlier in Los Angeles, and St. Louis looked like a rested and ready to play type of team. Those things are all real, and I think they did play factors into the game. At the same time, that is not an excuse if you're sporting Kansas City for uh, going up against a team that just was more physical than you and more committed in the tackle uh, and more up for what type of game that was going to be. I can't imagine that sits well at all with somebody like Peter Vermees, who's known as a fighter and whose teams typically embody his personality. We'll see if that type of result causes this team to examine themselves a little bit. And how they come out in this game against Portland, to me, is going to be a massive indicator of how they respond to that game against St. Louis. Because, look, if you take a look at that four-game snapshot, you play three road games against the top three teams in the Western Conference and a home game against another uh, conference rival, and you go 2-1-1, one, and one, I think you'd say that's a pretty good return on those games. But now you got four games out of the next five at home. You've got to make hay now if you're sporting Kansas City if you want to start to make a push. That leads us to some bad news, though. The injury report for sporting KC, not great this week. All of a sudden, added to the list is questionable. Defender Logan and Dembe with an ankle injury on a tackle that did not get whistled for a foul that could have easily been a yellow, if not a red card. Danny Rosero is listed as questionable with an adductor injury. Allen Polito, questionable with a quad injury. And uh, that's not to mention Kyrie Shelton, Tim Melia, Courtney Ford, Caden Pierre, and Willie Agata, who had already been on the injury list for Sporting KC. Not great news. Not great news to have some of those key players added to the injury report getting ready for this game. But we are going to talk about that and much more with the guys from Talk Timbers coming up next, and then we'll have Kendall McIntosh on the show as well. We are off and running. This is the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. 
You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, and of course, wherever you get your podcasts and stream your digital content. I am Nate Bucati with you this week, flying solo, but not alone. We have uh, some really fun interviews coming up for you the rest of the show today. We're going to hear from Kendall McIntosh, Sporting Kansas City goalkeeper, here in a little bit. But we did something fun this week that hopefully you uh, will enjoy as we get ready for Sporting Kansas City taking on the Portland Timbers. I got a call from my good buddies out in Portland, Judah Newby from Talk Timbers, and of course, Jake Ziven, who's also a part of that show. It's basically like a podcast like the one we're doing right here, but for the Portland Timbers. Of course, Jake Ziven, longtime voice of the Portland Timbers. Now you see him calling the biggest matches across Major League Soccer every week with Taylor Twelman on the MLS season pass on Apple TV. And, uh, of course, he knows the Timbers well, but so does Judah because he's there in Portland. So we thought, well, let's just have a roundtable discussion. We'll compare notes. Jake traveling all over the place with Apple. I'm doing games with Apple and Fox. Of course, I'll be on the call for the Sporting Kansas City-Portland Timbers game for Fox this weekend. And so we thought we'd just bring that roundtable discussion to you about broadcasting and the Timbers in Sporting Kansas City. All right, Portland Timbers going out to the Midwest to take on Sporting Kansas City this Sunday afternoon. It will be televised on Fox as well as uh, free on Apple TV Season Pass as well. And uh, whenever Timbers and KC get together, there's one man for us to hit up, and that man is the do-it-all man, Nate Bucati, joining us here on uh, Talk Timbers in what is actually a crossover segment here. Uh, with Nate's uh, Sporting Kansas City show. And uh, Nate, of course, uh, hosts on 810 WHB and, of course, uh, MLS play-by-play on Fox and Apple TV. And he'll have the call on Fox with Tony Miola this Sunday afternoon with Jake Zivin and Judah Newby. Let's welcome in Nate Bucati. Hey, Nate. Judah, Jake, it's, uh, it's great to talk to you guys. It's great to have you guys on the Sporting Kansas City show at the same time. You know, when we talked about doing this, I just threw it at you guys like, hey, I want to talk to you two and get Jake's perspective on being like the guy for this Apple deal. He's doing big games every weekend. Uh, and nah. you, Ju- I know he's going to be, he's going to be humble. We got to <laughs> deal with that. But, um, and then, and Judah get the, per- the, the Portland, you know, perspective on things and just thought it'd be kind of fun to have a round table discussion about where everybody sits right now. And uh, both of our audiences, hopefully will find it uh, entertaining and enjoyable. Says Mr. Network TV. Mr. Fox <laughs> Network TV, See, Nate Bucati. Unlike Jake, I'm I'm just gonna say, you know what? Huge deal over here, guys. I'm a very big deal, <laughs> big time, you know, yeah. network guy. Network guy. What network can you say? guy. <laughs> you get four Love hours. It. I know you got four hours in the morning on on air. You got uh, Apple stuff. You got Fox stuff. You got the Sporting Kansas City show. Nate, what's it been like for you this year? Well, the better question is, what's it been like for my wife, who's dealing with all three <laughs> kids at home every weekend and uh, all the activities that they've got and all that stuff while she's balancing her own career? So she might have a different uh, answer than I do, but I don't know how you feel, Jake. This has been a freaking dream come true for me. I mean, I am having the time of my life. It is hard. Uh, you know, when, you, when you're doing the Portland Timber games or you're doing the Sporting Kansas City games, half your games are home games. Uh, when you're doing it on this, uh, this new package, every game's an away game, so you're gone every weekend. Um, that causes some challenges, but, but the job is just so fun. I'm loving 
getting to see every team. I haven't done every team yet, but um, feeling like every weekend you got you got new teams to prepare for. You're getting to make relationships with all the clubs uh, across the league, and I'm loving getting to work with so many different broadcasters, both English and Spanish language. That baby is one of my favorite parts is getting to know some of the Spanish language guys, guys that do the same thing we do that have the same passions we have, but come from completely different parts of the world. Um, and then getting to go to different cities and see the venues where the teams play and all that is really exciting and fun. And, and also it feels like you're part of something that's beginning. Um, you know, the, you all talk about all these different iterations of MLS 2.0, 3.0. I don't know what the MLS broadcast version of that is, but I, it feels like, you get to be a part of the start of something special that's growing too. So Jake, I don't know how you feel about oh, it, but yeah. it's, it's been so thrilling and fun to be a part of. Absolutely. Same way. I think I've said that a lot on this show. Total, total dream come true. Absolutely. Uh, for me and, and, and a change, like you said, you know, every weekend away, uh, we just got, or what was it? LAFC Atlanta. Uh, we're doing in, in a, it's a week and a half now. And that game just got moved because of the CCL final to Wednesday, June 7th. It was supposed to be June 3rd. So now is like the only weekend off I'm going to have, right? Yeah. Probably all year. So my wife and I are going to the coast. We like real nice. quick booked a trip. We're like, all right, we got to do this because we don't have Friday and Saturday nights together anymore. And like you said, in the past, even if, yes, there was usually a game on Saturday night, but if it was at home in Portland at Providence Park, then you still have a Friday night. You still have a Saturday after the game. You know, all friends are going to the game as well. So it's a, it's different. It's a different life. But for me, it's it's like you said, Nate, it's what I've always wanted to do, literally. And yeah. so to be yeah. traveling around the country and and going to different games and and like you said, seeing different stadiums. Um, and, and Nate, like, you know, like you guys traveled quite a bit for, for your Sporting Kansas City broadcast over the years. We were really fortunate. I've said this a lot that we never went off the road other than the year in the pandemic when we had to, but then the Timbers put us back on the road for broadcast afterwards, which we were one of very, very few teams that actually did that for that kind of year and a half after the pandemic. Um, so we got to see a lot of stadiums, but it, it's interesting to go in now in a different way and in, in a neutral perspective. Um, and then to, yeah, get around the country. It, it does feel Nate, like you said, like we're part of this big team now, right. Of our MLS American soccer broadcasters, North American, you know, American and Canadian soccer broadcasters, both in English and in Spanish, a group of people where we all kind of knew each other, I think. And, and some, mm -hmm. you know, some certainly I felt that I knew better than, than others, um, like, like yourself, but, but now it's like, okay, now we got this kind of big, big group of us that are all a team and it's fun. It's great to be great to be a part of something like that. If we want to talk about this sporting versus Portland game, I was just Noon. out of training yesterday. Well, 2 PM your time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Graham Zussi said, to the media, I hope it's really hot and miserable. <laughs> um, because, and I said, boy, you don't hear that very often because the first thing that people like, you know, when we get players that come from Europe to play in Kansas City, boy, when they get into the summertime, they they start griping right away. Like, man, it's miserable and hot here. Mm. And Graham, and I said to him, I said, well, you don't hear that very often. And he said, it's going to suck for us, but it'll suck worse for them. You oh. know, because when you're a team that comes from the Pacific Northwest and you got to go play a, a Sunday afternoon game in Kansas City, it, it can be. <laughs> you I mean, we've broadcast a game. Can we've be been on the road for years, right? <laughs> Whether it's Houston in July or DC, yeah. the worst we've ever had is DC in July, Kansas City. Even if it's a seven thirty start in the middle yeah. of the summer, it still isn't much better, right? Yeah. So, oh yeah, no, I can't imagine playing in it. Uh, hey, and for this is a big matchup between Kansas City and Portland. You mentioned Graham Zusi. These are the two 
uh, one club men uh, of MLS history and Graham Zuzi and Diego Chara. I think, I think Graham is one ahead of Diego Chara right now. He was like three ahead and then he got hurt. He missed a couple. So for, for games played by one club men. So players who have not played for any other MLS team, the most games played for that single team, it's Graham Zuzi and Diego Chara one and two, and they're just kind of continuing to go and go and, and seemingly don't age. Yeah, that's boy, that's a great nugget. I hadn't even really thought about that angle yet because they're such different players, right? But there are some yeah. similarities between the two of them. And and I know like Diego Chara is just like one of those universally res- respected players, I think, from everybody across the league. You know, that dude is never going to get outworked. He is going to he's never going to to put in a um a less than full effort, you know, he's going to be stuck in the tackle. He's going to be locked into every roll of the ball. He's the kind of player that I think sporting Kansas city has always admired. Um, you know, a little Roger Espinoza esque, I think in terms of just that, that fight mm-hmm. and that toughness and that, you know, that more mentally... yellow cards, fewer red cards <laughs> <Yeah>. than Roger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you, you've got those numbers too, Jake. I'm impressed. Oh. Hey, we, we did like, we did like a, like a long countdown for him to set the foul all-time fouls record over Kyle Beckerman. Like we were excited for like a good three months before he actually broke it. Yeah. You know, you got to appreciate a good foul every now and yes, then. Yes. Um, but, but they, and, and you guys will be able to speak to this part of Diego Chara more than I will. But I remember talking to Jacob Peterson at practice one time when Jacob Peterson started doing the sporting Kansas city games with me and he had played with SKC for several years, part of the trophy winning teams. And he was retired at that point. We're watching training. And he said, man, just, they were doing some sort of simple passing pattern drill. You know, there was, they were playing against cones. So you're just kind of going through your reps. And he said, watch Graham Zussi. He is completely locked in to every single rep and every single touch. He gets the most out of every rep in practice. And he's been doing this for over a decade He's got every pelt on the wall you could want, and yet he's more locked in than than guys that are trying to prove that they even belong on the team. And if any of those players are paying attention to what it takes to be a great player, all they got to do is look at that guy right there because if there's anybody that could afford to maybe go through the motions on some reps, it's a guy that's been around as long as Graham Zussi and been as good as he's been, yet the whole reason he's been around as long as he has and that he's as good as he has – it, as good as he is, is because he doesn't take any of it lightly. He He's meticulous about his diet. He's at the training facility constantly. And I would assume Diego Char is the same way in terms of if there's any young players for the Portland Timbers wanting to know what it takes to become a legend at a club as, as accomplished as the Portland Timbers, just watch this man go about his business every day and, and you'll get an opportunity to see what it takes and how he's gotten it done the process right stands out with with these veterans i remember when i was an undergrad and as as i get older and older i feel like college was a a, you know an ancient time ago it was you know about 12 13 years ago now but i it was out in the the midwest and i did a job shadow with when mls was on nbc back then of course uh and it was a chicago fire sporting kc game and seeing graham zussi playing in that game and to to know that he's still you know contributing at an incredibly high level, performing at an incredibly high level, 
And I'm like, man, college was a, a million years ago, and here's Graham Zusi still doing it yeah. at this level for SKC. Who was that? Who was that job shadow with, Judah? Oh, you know, it was with John Strong. It, it, was, ah, it was with the man. There we go. The, the man who the created day. this show. Yeah, the man had Robbie Earl <laughs> and uh, the great crew, uh, Russ and so, everyone with with NBC. But and, and then in Diego Chara's case too. I mean, the same thing stand out, and I know Jake can even speak to it more. But and then the leadership on the field, the leadership off the field. We lose a heartbreaker, or I should say Portland loses a heartbreaker to Minnesota over the weekend. Who's the man speaking on the mic to talk about it? It's Diego yeah, Chara. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. that that's kind of invaluable, I think, to a team. Yeah, I think so, the respect the respect for him in, in, in this city and in this club is, is as, as high as it could be for anybody, and for, for good reason. I mean, what a, what a person and, and what a career he's had. So let's let's uh, let's transition it to this point, then, guys. While we're talking about where these two teams stand right now, because they're both coming off of very different types of tough losses, right? So I'll lay it out for you where I think Sporting Kansas City is. You guys maybe can lay out for our audience where where the Portland Timbers are. For for me, I'm looking at Sporting Kansas City. Obviously, they got off to the horrible start to the season, right? Ten games without a win, and it, it looks like the sky is falling. Then all of a sudden, they get some DPS back. They they go to Seattle. They win a game, right? They they win a big game against Minnesota at home. They go to L.A. They get a draw. Denny Bawanga says that's the best team I've seen in the league so far this year, which raised a lot of eyebrows. Wow. So you feel like, okay, they're building some momentum. But then on a short week in a rivalry game, they go out and they lay an egg and they get thumped by St. Louis. And you wonder how big of a step back is this? If you look at that four-game stretch, you go, okay, hey, three out of four games on the road against the three top teams in the West. They go 1-1-1 one, one, and one on the road games, and they smash a rival team at home in the one home game. So 2-1-1, one, and one, that looks like a pretty good return on a four-game stretch like this, but it's punctuated with that terrible loss to St. Louis. Now, Sporting have four out of their next five at home, and the one away game is at middle of the table Vancouver. So you don't take that lightly, but that's it. That's a game where you feel like you should be able to, if you're a playoff team, go get a result. The way I see it, guys, this match against Portland this weekend opens up a five-game stretch for Sporting Kansas City that is going to be absolutely crucial if they want to reinsert themselves as a playoff contender. I don't know how many points they've got to get out of these five games, but they've got to maximize the points, particularly at home. So I feel like for Sporting KC, this game against Portland is a massive game. I know we're not even quite to the halfway point of the season yet, but you're starting to get to the point where you, you can't say it's early anymore if you're SKC. I think they've got to respond and show that that St. Louis game was was an anomaly, so to speak, and that they really are in better form like they had shown the three previous games. Um, and I know that at the same time, Portland's coming off of a tough loss. So I want to hear what you guys feel about maybe where they stand and how you see this thing coming into it. Yeah, man, uh, it, it, a tough loss for Portland. I agree. Uh, similar storyline to, to the season, not quite as extreme in Portland standpoint, but injuries were, were a big issue for the Timbers for the beginning of the year. Both teams will look quite different, I think, than that season opening mm. uh, win for the Timbers at Providence Park that was delayed you know, a couple of days because of snow. Um, maybe more Kansas City will, will look different. Timbers had some guys out, and then as like the season got into it, it was each game it was Jimmy Char about thirty minutes into that opener, and then Paredes went down, and um, you know Vander was was 
coming back, kind of in and out. Uh, then they lose Eric Williamson and Davida Shala to, to ACL injuries, but they kind of get everybody else back. Dyron Espria, Sebastian Blanco is, is now giving it a go. He, he just made his MLS debut this past weekend. He had you know scored and, and played in, in both Open Cup games already. Um, so trying, trying to see kind of what, what he can give. But the beginning of the season was difficult for the Timbers. They were putting out lineups that weren't really coherent in the sense of players playing in their natural positions. And it was by necessity. And now that's changed. And Giovanni Savarese has some decisions he can make at different positions because he's got a more healthy roster. Uh, I think it was a tough loss uh, against Minnesota. I was out at Timbers training yesterday and talked to Gio briefly. And yeah, like it, the, the sense is that they played well. And if you watch the game, like they were on the front foot. For most of the game, they didn't create super threatening moments, but they were still the team that looked more like it for most of the game. Right. And that's it's a subjective thing. And it's kind of an intangible thing in this sport, but it's what it's, it's how it looked. And then, you know, if you get out of there with a draw, you're disappointed. You didn't get three. Uh, when you give up a goal on the last kick of the match mm-hmm. at home, you're, 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 you know, it, it, it's a lot. It's a, the feeling is a lot worse. Right. And, um, they were, they pushing too far, you know, for, for that final goal and just left themselves really exposed in that last moment. Probably. I think Alias Ibicic was screened on, on that goal. You saw the angle from behind the goal and he reacts very late. Otherwise that's a shot that, that I think he saves relatively easily for him. Cause for me, he's, he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Um, and that's a really tough loss, tough loss to swallow. If they win that game, then they're in fifth place right now on 19 points in the West are looking really good. Uh, as is, it's a forgiving format this year, right? Nine yeah. teams are going to make yeah. the playoffs. I don't think the West is great this year. At least it hasn't been for the first few months of the season. You know, who really stands out? LAFC, they stand out. No doubt, no doubt. I mean, LAFC yeah. is stand out as the best team in the league um, so far. Maybe Cincinnati in that conversation as well. Seattle, you would have said that a month ago. Do you say that now? I don't, not, not in the same way. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You would have said that a month and a half ago. And after last week, maybe you say it again, but but still, you're you're not quite convinced. Then Dallas is there on 22 points. Are they the standout team? I don't, I don't know. So I think the West is wide open. It's still wide open is where I'm going with that. Um, I think it's for, for a team like Kansas City. Like you said, Nate, they, they put together four or five good games. It looks a lot different. Same for the Timbers. Um, but it is getting to that point where you played 14 games and that's close to midway. I mean, in three games, which is going to be in like three weeks. Um, it's going to be the midway point of the season. And you're going to start looking like, oh, okay, we're midway through the season and we're not in playoff position or we're right there on the playoff line. And that's where it starts to be, okay, we, we got to turn it on. Uh, but I do think the Timbers team, since they've gotten everybody else, everybody healthy has looked different and has looked uh, just m- more threatening and, and more like themselves. And we'll see if on a hot Sunday afternoon in Kansas City if, if they can <laughs> continue to do it because those games have been tough for the Timbers over the years, right? Those those <laughs> those summer trips to to the Midwest or to the South. Um, but it's it's a big game, I think, for both teams in in that regard, right? And trying to kind of turn a corner and continue momentum forward. I'm looking at the uh, the weather on my trusty iPhone right now. Yeah, what does it say? I should have done that. It's going to show a high of 84 in uh, in the Kansas City area on Sunday yeah. afternoon. Uh, but today there's thunderstorms. Is that right, Nate? <laughs> on this Wednesday? We're hoping we need tell. some rain here. Honestly, yeah. we could use some thunderstorms today. But 84, here's the thing. 
84 and hot and humid when yeah. in the middle of the day. And the sun out. Hot. Yep, that's um, it. It could be worse. We've played games here in, in August where it's like 100, you yeah. know, yeah. but it's it's not. It, and unfortunately, like you said, Jake, I think what it does do is it 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 lowers the quality of the game because people just yep. can't. They got to conserve energy. Yeah, uh, you just can't run as far and as fast when it's like that as you can. Um, when it's nice and cool outside, but, um, well, and to that, hey, that's, yeah. And to that point, like coming out of this condensed schedule too, Nate, and I'm, I know KC, what was it for them? Like four games and, or five games in 14 days mm-hmm. or something like that, that ended yep. with the St. Louis affair. And, and for mm-hmm. Timbers, it was three matches in eight days and you could see it, you know, you, you could see yeah. it and, and the chances in the defending in the final third and finishing in the final third, like, that kind of manifests there as well. So I'd rather have hot and humid once you have a week to prepare than, you know, coming off a a condensed The thing is like, that's going to be common though. And that's kind of the new normal in MLS starting now because of league's cup It is a condensed schedule uh, and both, you know, both in, in, in league play in leagues cup play for the team still in the open cup, there's going to be a lot of games and you know, that, that in years past, maybe, okay, you had two Wednesday games. Now each team's going to have, I think, five or six, and then League's Cup's going to come around, and the teams that go far in League's Cup are playing every three or four days. Um, that's the new normal now for for the rest of the season, and teams are going to have to use their depth, and, and they're going to have to manage that because it's this. W- w- there's going to be several times when we're saying, "Up, oh, this is their third game in in eight days." What I do think was tough on Kansas City and Nada, I imagine you'll agree, is last week St. Louis. Did, did not have a uh, that midweek game before. So they were one of the teams that was off last Wednesday. They were well-rested. They'd also played like half a game two weeks ago against Dallas in that abandoned game. Now they're going to have to go make that up on June 7th and play 40 minutes, which is going to screw things up for them a little bit um, with a midweek game. But I think it showed, especially in that first half, that St. Louis were rested. Kansas City were maybe a little bit exhausted with a lot of travel and playing LAFC a couple of days before. St. Louis was all over Kansas City, and and it showed. So while teams will be be having to get used to that, to, to the condensed schedule, uh, a lot of times both teams are going to be in the same situation, right? And where where I think it can get unfair is the wrong word, but where I think it can become a competitive advantage is if one team isn't isn't in that in that situation and when you get in that in that moment where you're playing where you've had a week rest and the other team playing on wednesday you got to take advantage and and which st louis certainly did last week against kansas city yeah my, my experience calling games for eight years in this league is that the the little factors that change or and i guess maybe they're not even little but the factors that swing a game swing the game much more so in this league than in other leagues because the talent is so, so similar, you know, there is because of the salary cap, you know, the parity of the league and all that, whether you're missing one or two of your DPs, huge swing in which team is going to have the advantage. When I did that St. Louis Chicago game, I was like, well, St. Louis is without Klaus and Tim Parker. That's big. You know, that's big. Chicago went out and beat them in that game. Um, when it's when it's one team that has a full week and the other team has a short week, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but my experience tells me that team that's playing on the short week doesn't come out with the result nearly as often as the team that has a full week. Home and away, we've talked about that for a long time in the league. I know some of those numbers have changed over time, but typically it's it's a bigger home road split in this league than it is in a lot of others because, you know, if you're Manchester City going on the road 
and playing, I don't know, Brentford or somebody like that, there's a huge gap when you're, when you're LAFC going on the road in this league, it's not, even though they're the class of the league, the gap isn't as big between them. So I think those little things do make a huge difference. And I think your point, Jake, depth is going to become more and more and more important in this league. And that's why, uh, and, and that's and I think it's going to go a long way in determining who wins and who's still relevant in a lot of these different competitions as they go on. And to back up your point about L.A. in the West, we had a Philadelphia game recently in which Jim Curtin said, uh, and you can quote it, he said, you can quote me on this, L.A. and Cincinnati, and then everybody else is pretty ordinary. That was the way he described the league. And yeah. I think he threw New England in there potentially as well. And then he went up and beat them. Yeah, and then they just smashed him 3-0. Right, exactly. So maybe, you know, maybe Philadelphia belongs in that category too. But I just thought that was really interesting. He said, you know, I think the rest of the league's pretty ordinary. And um, you could take that as a positive or a negative. I think it shows there's a lot of competitive teams. But, yeah, there's not much separation outside of maybe a couple of teams in the league right now. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense, right? And I think both looking at results and watching games, it's that way. Cincinnati, um, so good, especially at home. And, LAFC, I mean, just just for me, early on, you know, not even early, they're, they're on another level um, mm-hmm. right now. Can, can they maintain that through all these competitions? Uh, they're out of the Open Cup now, which was, I don't want to say by design, but Steve Trundolo was pretty open that we can't basically play our, our starters in yeah. every competition. So we've got to pick one where we're going to play some guys from the second team and, and some reserves, and they went with the Open Cup. The lineup last night against the Galaxy was a little more of a LAFC 1.5, so to speak, than against Monterey Bay, which <laughs> yeah. was LAFC 2 through and through. Yeah. Um, but now that they're out of that competition, in a way, maybe that takes a little bit of a burden off of off of LAFC. Um, and and the focus for them certainly right now is going to be CCL. But yeah, they uh, they look to be a class above to begin the season. Um, there's a long, long way to go. And, uh, and I think other teams will have something to say about it. And And like you said, though, Nate, it's not like a... It's not like a like a Manchester City situation, I don't think, right? It's not like a well, you know, it's inevitable they're going to win the mm-hmm. league, right? They might win the league, but uh, you wouldn't put it past any team to to beat them, and whether it be a, a Portland or a Kansas City to you know figure things out and and play at the level that um, those, those these two clubs have have certainly played at for for a decade plus in in MLS, and it all kind of lines up for a big clash Sunday between a couple good friends, Geo and. And Peter, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. can't wait for it, Nate. Have a great call on Fox. Uh, looking forward to, to watching all of that, and it's been a pleasure catching up with you at length here on the show. So there you go, Judah Newby and Jake Ziven joining me as we basically did as a little simulcast podcast uh, getting ready for Sporting Kansas City and the Portland Timbers. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Kendall McIntosh, a nice conversation with him as we get ready for this big game this weekend on Sunday afternoon at Children's Mercy Park between Sporting KC and the Portland Timbers. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you stream your online content. We appreciate you doing so, keeping up to date on everything that is late and great with Sporting Kansas City. And, of course, we just had a great conversation with the fellas from the Portland Timbers getting you ready for this matchup that's coming up this weekend. And we thought another great guy to talk to for that reason plus many more is goalkeeper for Sporting Kansas City, Kendall McIntosh. He's got ties to the Portland Timbers. 
He has ties to the coaching staff in St. Louis from the game this past weekend as well. And of course, he's got ties to Kansas City because he's goalkeeper for Sporting Kansas City right now. Kendall, thanks a lot for joining us. We appreciate you. How you doing, man? Doing well. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so I'm trying to decide which place we should start at first. I guess let's just start with the overall. Um, you, you've got a couple of uh, of appearances here of late. One went couldn't have gone better. One obviously is one I think everybody wants to try to move on from this this game in St. Louis. Overall, how would you say you're doing with the experience of getting these opportunities here of late? Yeah, I think overall um, I've been doing well, and I like to see things in a positive lens. Um, if we look at uh, the performances as a whole, I think, yeah, the LAFC game and the Minnesota game uh, came in, and I think I did really, really well. I think there's there's some plays in there that, that didn't quite go my way, but I think overall those two performances were really, really strong. And and I think moving forward from, from the St. Louis game, we as a group, not only me, are going to continue to work, and we've had – two great tra uh, training sessions since uh, we've been back. And, and really it's just about kind of staying focused, staying confident um, in ourselves and, and individually um, that we'll continue to improve and continue to uh, get the results that we've been getting of late minus the, the St. Louis game. Yeah. So, so I want to go back to what you said about, you know, maybe having a player or two that you'd want to have back. Um, I was doing the game against St. Louis talking with one of the great goalkeepers in American history, Tony Miola. And, and he, he was speaking at the time about the importance when you're a goalkeeper, you're going to have those moments to, to, to put those in the past and move on and have that short-term memory that you hear about sometimes in sports. And I know that's something that Peter Vermees really um, talked positively about with you your ability to, if you do have a bad moment, just kind of pushing that to the side and staying focused on the task at hand. And I'm curious if you could just take us into the mindset of how you do that. Is that a skill that you've had to work on over time or have you always been pretty good about focusing on the next play? Um, I think I've worked immensely on my, my mindset going into matches and just day to day. And it's definitely not, an easy thing to, to put things that don't quite go your way um, behind you. But I've had great coaches throughout my entire life um, in every sport. In baseball, we had this thing where um, Charlie Shepard, he'd tell us, flush it. Like, and he'd make you make the flushing uh, <laughs> movement with your hand. Um, and my dad always talks to me about, like, look, you're, you're like a cornerback. Like, you think an NFL cornerback, if he gets burnt, if he's thinking about getting burned, he's going to get burned again. Mm -hmm. And I think there's so, there's so many life lessons that um, you can take from failure or mistakes that if you stay too focused on what went wrong, you don't come out the other side. And I think that's one thing that I've internalized uh, for myself and in, in my playing life, but also in my personal and, and professional life. Just things aren't going to go your way always. Um, you hope they do, but you have to be prepared for everything mentally. And I think stoicism, uh, Steve Clark actually gave me a book on, on stoicism and um, the obstacle is the way. Sometimes you just have to grind and deal with things. And I think that 
like who I am as a person. I'm a grinder. And I think that the resilience that I've, I've grown into um, shows itself. Hopefully it'll show itself less and things will just go well and things will just go my way. Um, <laughs> but I'm definitely prepared and capable for um, anything that, that I have to deal with. Yeah, I, I was I was laughing because that's that's just not life, is it, man? There's always going to be some sort of adversity. There's always going to be some sort of obstacle or, or something. And I, I remember I took Western Civ class in college when we read the Seneca's, you know, Path of the Stoic, and then and the whole concept of what you're talking about, the middle path. And um, I will admit the reason I guess I'm fascinated by the subject is because I don't think naturally I I lean that way. I'm an emotional person. I you know, my natural instinct is to get really excited when things are great and to get really upset when things are bad. And particularly on myself, you know, um, remember playing sports as a kid, just if, if, if things were going bad, I would get so mad at myself. Then I would beat myself up and talk bad. You know, I would, I would actually verbally speak poorly. You idiot, you know, things like that. After I do something wrong, I start to fight that when I'm just playing sports as a, as an old man today, and I, 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 a therapist told me that, you know, you won't be able to be more forgiving of others until you figure out a way to be more forgiving of yourself, too. And I thought that was a really powerful sentence. And I started thinking, and she's like, how would you want other people to treat you? Well, you got to treat yourself with a little bit of grace, too. And I don't know, man, it just seems like obviously you've had a lot of different great people in your life to, to teach you some of those lessons that could that come in handy during during uh, difficult times. Absolutely. Um, I think that that's actually a really cool saying that you, that you just had. I'm definitely going to use it. Um, but yeah, I think as a goalkeeper, I mean, there, there are going to be moments that, that get away from you. You hope that there are few and far between. And I think largely in my career, they have been, but when they're not and, and they come, you just have to rely on your mental fortitude and your training and preparation. And I think I've had great support from the coaching staff. I've had great support from uh, my teammates and I've had great support from my family. And I think that those are three things that uh, really helped me not only on the field when I feel like, oof, that was not ideal. Um, I know that those guys are always gonna be there to support me. And, and that I'll always be okay. And that there's always going to be another play. There's always going to be a next play. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if you're, if you're focused on the previous one, you're not going to be able to give your entire attention to the next one. And I think that, um, there's more enough of that to, to go around. Um, and I hope that as a, as an individual, I can continue to embody that and not only can i continue to embody that but i can hopefully transition that into um success and points for the club we're visiting with kendall mcintosh and and i want to turn it back to like you said some some of the real positives i think obviously the most recent result um is is what it is but when i look at that four match window you're talking about three out of four games away from home against the top three teams in the Western Conference and a rival in your home game. And you go 2-1-1 one, and one in that four-game stretch. You, you smoke a team at home. You win at Seattle. 
you earn a big point in Los, uh, Los Angeles where their best player says that you guys were the best team he's seen so far this year. So if you had told me that coming into a four-game stretch with three games on the road against the top three teams, I'd say that's a pretty good return on what we're looking for. Are you guys able to kind of hold on to that and say, hey, look at what we were doing those three games before this St. Louis game. That's who we are. Is Does that make – I don't want to use the word easier because I don't want to make it seem like it's just you just, oh, whatever, you don't care about that last game. But does it make it – I guess I'm lacking a better word than easier. Just Does it help? to to have those three games you guys just had and the form you're getting in to, as as like a, a point to like this is what we can get back to here with the big home game coming up this weekend honestly i think that um just based on the type of game that we just played in and based on who it was and what it meant to the city and the, and the club i don't i don't think it does i think that there's a lot of guys that were really disappointed and a lot of guys that were feeling like we should have got more out of, of the four games. And I think that that's a real positive, right? I think yeah. that like we're starting to show who we really are. And I think a lot of guys felt like the St. Louis game was a step back and a step back that, that um, we're all disappointed in. And I think that hopefully going into the, the Portland game against a, a really good opponent with really good players, um, we can get back to where we were in, in the in the beginning of that three game stretch and pulling out those points and having great individual performances. And I know a lot of the guys are going to be fired up to do that. So what you know when I'm doing my game notes, getting ready for the games, one of the things I I looked into was you had a connection with Bradley Carnell because of the time with the New York Red Bulls. And then as soon as the game was over, they show the players are out there. And I saw you guys have an embrace. I'm sure that's a weird moment when you're having it, you know, you're, you're not happy with the way the game just went, but you're seeing somebody. What was that relationship like with, uh, with Bradley Carnell? And what was it like in together with him after the game? Uh, it was an awesome moment. It was obviously coming off a pretty disappointing moment, but, um, it was awesome. Bradley's an awesome guy. Um, he was one of the guys that brought me to Red Bull. Um, and he just stopped me and said, hey, I'm, I'm really proud of you. I'm happy that you're doing well. I'm happy to see you doing well. And I always believed in you. And honestly, he is one of the guys that has been a very, like, staunch supporter of mine um, since my time at Red Bull and, and throughout. He was always kind of in my ear telling me he believed in me and he believed in my ability and he believed in what I could do and to stay positive and that things would, would fall for me. So it was cool to kind of see that come full circle in a way. And I think that it's cool for him and it's cool for me. And it was just, it was a really, it was a special moment. Okay. Now, speaking of things coming full circle with your past with the Portland Timbers as well, and those guys coming to town this weekend, what, what kind of emotions, what kind of memories does that stir up? Um, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. You know, I, I really enjoyed my time in Portland. Um, I have some lifelong friends from there. Uh, my parents still live there uh, in the off season. I go there, I, I hang out with some of the guys on the team. Um, but then at the same time, like there are pieces to that story that, that didn't go my way, you know? And so um as much as I can, I'm going to try and look at it objectively. It's just a game and try and go out there with, with the boys and 
grind for three points. You know, I try and keep as much of the history of the game out of the game and play it um, straight up, play every game as if it's my last play every game as if you never know what's going to happen later. So I'm going to go into it focused, trying to get a clean sheet and three points. Um, but yeah, I think there will be maybe a, a little bit of extra emotion. And I think that that's normal. Um, but they're a great team with great players and, and I have nothing but respect for, for so many people at that club. And I know that they feel the same for me. So, um, it'll be, it'll be a special moment. Um, but I hope it'll be even more special, um, if I get a clean sheet and a win. So there you go. Let's go. I know that's what everybody's looking for. Hey, this is a big stretch coming up for sporting four games out of five at home. And it starts this weekend against the Portland Timbers. My last question for you, by the way, man, you're just, you're a class act. Every time we talk to you, I, I just always really enjoy it. Insight, information, everything else, honesty. It's great. Um, we were talking with Graham Zussi earlier this week. And now I know it might be, it's a little different as a goalkeeper. I don't know. So I want to get your perspective on it, but he said, this is a midday game. I hope it's nasty and hot. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I thought, boy, you don't hear soccer players say that very often. And he said, well, it's going to stink for us, but it's going to be worse for them because they're in the Pacific Northwest. They're not used to it. If we've been training all week in it, what about as a goalkeeper? How do you feel about those, those, uh, th that hot, nasty weather you can get sometimes here in the Midwest? I think honestly, it's something that um, Peter spoke spoken to us about as something that he wants us to have an advantage in because it is a unique uh, weather pattern for I think the Midwest and maybe the South where it gets just hot and muggy and difficult. And I think that um, if we can position it as an advantage for us, then it will be an advantage for us. And I think that me as a goalkeeper, the game is, is won and lost in inches, both on the field and in your head. And I think that if the boys are looking at it as an advantage, then it's an advantage. And I think that going into the match, if we want it to be hot, then I hope it's sweltering. And I think that's the best way to look at it. And if, if that's going to get us the points, then I hope it's hot every day. Kendall, thank you so much for the time, man. We appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, that is Kendall McIntosh, and that is going to do it for us on the Sporting Kansas City Show this week. Don't forget, 2 o'clock Central Time on Sunday, Sporting KC against the Portland Timbers. You can watch it on Big Fox. I'll be on the call with Tony Miola. You can listen on Sports Radio 810 WHB with Ali Trost-Martin and Jacob Peterson, and you can watch on the Apple TV app for free as well, and you can listen to Ali and Jacob with the functionality on that as well. So that's all coming straight up this weekend. Thanks for listening as always. We'll talk to you next week on the Sporting Kansas City Show.